Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Wednesday Night Bible Study. Woohoo! We are coming to you live from the sanctuary on Tuesday afternoon. I'm so glad you're here. I miss you dearly. You were my friends. Uh, I hope my wife treats you well and your table leaders. Uh, let's dive into God's Word. We are starting in Matthew chapter 7. So if you have Bibles, whether they be e-paper or tablet, but we'll be in Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 6. If you have your uh, little sheet that you got in on the way in, it has the scriptures on the back already, for those of you who may not have the Bible handy. And we're going to read. So it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be open. Or which of you, if he has a son asked for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent? If then you who are evil know how to do good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish others do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Ever enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you um, for this opportunity to be in your presence to come and be insaturated by your Holy Spirit and have these words come to life in our hearts and mind. Help us put them into practice. Help us decide on what should be cut out and what should be added to our lives. Lord God, ultimately, we thank you for Jesus and his sacrifice for us. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So verse 7, we see the word ask. It is Jesus is actually being like any great orator. He's actually going back to a point shortly before. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, he says, Do not be like them, for your, heaven, your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Jesus is encouraging His people to ask earnestly for the Father to provide for their needs. It is not this asking that is so much um, about what we want as much as it is for what we need. It's also important on how we ask. If you want to turn to James chapter 1, in James chapter 1, James writes these beautiful words. He says, If any of you lack wis wisdom, let him ask God. You give who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Don't those words sound so familiar to what Jesus had just said, that if we ask, our Father will give it to us. But here, more importantly, James writes, and says, but let him ask in faith, without doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the winds. So in our asking, we need to be asking the Father in wisdom and in faith what he has for us. 
Some of you might be old enough to remember the song, Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? This is not what God is talking about. Jesus is not trying to say, Hey, I'm going to give you all your wildest dreams and imaginations, but I will give you what you need. And that's the words that Jesus even uses says, Think of the fathers, right? That if your son asked you for a piece of bread, a loaf of bread, would you give him a stone? Scholars say that the stone that Jesus was referring to is very common along the Sea of Galilee where Jesus was preaching. And he says he would have picked one up and it would have looked like a, a limestone. It would have been light, light white, maybe a cream color, which would be, could be received as a loaf of bread. Or if someone asked for a fish, something that was clean and allowable by the law, would you give him a serpent, something that would be clean? Would you purposely do something against your children which would cause harm? I think not. Jesus knows that when we're asking him, we need to be asking in the right way. It, it, in Isaiah 55, one of, this, one of the beautiful passages of Scripture where it comes to Jesus and the ways of the Father, he, he says these words. Isaiah 55, starting in verse one fingers come everyone who thirsts come to the water and he, he who has no money come let him buy and eat come buy wine and milk without money or without price why do you spend your money for which is not bread or your labor for which does not satisfy listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food Incline your ear, come to me here that your soul may live, and I will make you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure, steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the people and the leaders and commanders of the people. Behold, you can call a nation that you did not know, a nation that did not know you shall run to you because the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, for He is glorified to you. In these words, seek the Lord while He may be found. Come upon, call upon Him while He is near. And I think maybe in Jesus' head, this passage of Scripture is resonating where He thinks about there is a time to seek the Lord. There's a moment in time in which it, we should be earnestly seeking the Lord because there comes that point when he'll no longer be found, when the door is shut and it is too late. Are we seeking him earnestly with all of our hearts? Are, are we putting him, as Jesus just said a few, passage, a few words before in Matthew six thirty three? but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Our Father knows what we need before we ask. He is prepared to give generously for those who are seeking. And He will open the door for those who are knocking. And I, I, I really came to mind the, the passage in John 14 where Jesus, he's, getting, he's in the garden, He's praying, and He's getting ready to leave. And He begins this long dialogue with His disciples and he says these words in John 14, verse 1. He says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. 
In my father's house are many rooms. It were not, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, and there and that where I am, you may also be. And you do not know, and you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. When we are knocking and when we are seeking and we are asking, are we pursuant of the kingdom of God? And that's why I titled this message, Living in the Kingdom of God. And as the great R.C. Sproul wrote, he says, the only way the kingdom of God is going to be manifest in this world before Christ comes is if we manifest it by the way we live our lives as citizens of heaven and subjects of the king. And so this is really about a way to live in the kingdom of God. This asking, seeking, knocking is a way in which we go to the Father and ask how he wants us to live in his kingdom. This is not about getting rich. This is not being about super healthy or wealthy or wise, but how that we can be good servants and children of the king to our friends and our family and our community. Because as Jesus says in verse 8, everyone who asks, receive. I think of the beautiful words that Paul writes in Romans chapter 10. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This restatement, reiterance that Jesus makes in verse 8, for everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open, is a promise if we are earnestly and diligently seeking the Lord, he will be found. When we ask for wisdom, as James said, it will be given. When we know Jesus is the way, the door will be opened. Again, in John fourteen thirteen, Jesus says these words. He says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that my Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus isn't giving a free permission to ask for whatever, but it's ultimately that whatever we're asking and whatever we're seeking honors God. That, that the life, that the outcome of our actions glorify God in all that we do. Because it, it comes down to that comparisons in verse 9 and 10 as they start with the word or. Right, so God is, Jesus is trying to make a clear separation from God the Father and our earthly fathers. Because in these few words, there's a great statement made in verse 11. It's if, if you then, who are evil, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts. Right, and so there's a distinction that Jesus is making from the Father including himself from that of the fallen mankind, that the world has fallen. And even in our wickedness, no matter goodness that we do equates to the evil inside. And thus we have a sin condition. We have a need of resolve to that which we are not. But this is how much more will your father 
who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him. James also writes these beautiful words. I'm sure he heard a very similar message before, but he reiterates it in James chapter 1. This might be my, one of my wife's favorite Bible verses. It's definitely one of mine. But in James chapter 1, verse 17, he says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Verse 18, of his own will be brought forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creature. This is what's coming out of this. All of a sudden, we, we should have this shift to think that the, the goodness, the good gifts that come from our Father should be for the betterment so that we can be the first fruits of faith, that we can be his truth and his children as he is our father, for he has redeemed us from our wicked ways. I think that there's some uncomfortableness now amongst the crowd. There's been this unsettling, because as we've covered the first two chapters, we've, we've gone into this broad approach of how blessed it is to follow the Lord and how to do these good things and how God cares for the, for the weak and the poor and how merciful he is and how he, Jesus begins to write the law. But then he begins to think about, he calls out those who practice righteousness openly in a way that is boastful or they pray in a way that is self-exalting or they begin to become lovers of money instead of lovers of people. Ultimately, we just finished last week on how we are lovers, judges of self and of others and how we are not working in God's will when we look at others based on their outside opinion without truly discerning what's happening on the inside. I think this is fitting that Jesus is actually putting this right after that no longer if we ask the question, well, God, if I'm not supposed to judge, what am I supposed to do? Well, ask. And Jesus will give wisdom above, from on high, which is the good gift. But we find it here in this next passage, something that has been known around the world as the golden rule. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. In my studies, I, I heard a sermon in the, it was a pastor was talking about how in the, this era of time, the rabbis had actually spun this off into the negative. They said, don't do anything to someone that you don't want done to you. Instead of a, a do list on how we ought to act, it became a restriction of how we ought not to act, becoming very binding and negative. But I think what Jesus is encouraging us to do is to fulfill the law, as he even says it, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So as we are asking and as we are seeking and as we are knocking is what we're pursuant of beneficial to our neighbor. Are we truly doing something? Are we seeking something for ourselves, Or are we actually asking for something that will be helpful to those around us? Those whom are nearest to us and those who are furthest from us, whether they be our Christian brothers and sisters who we gather with on a regular basis or whether they be the strangers on the street, the people that 
talk differently than us, act differently than us, live differently than us? Are we really pouring out kindness and love towards them? Or are we caught up in wanting what is best for me? I think there's a point in which we, we look to the last couple verses in verse 13 and verse 14. I, I, I don't think this is any, by any coincidence that Jesus is getting us here to say, make this statement which seems so oddly placed when it's grouped together with the golden rule. But how easy is it for us to go the easy way? How easy is it for us to find the broad gate? How easy it is for us to do what the world is doing and not to do what the Lord is asking of us, right? For narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life, but wide is the gate and easy is the road that leads to destruction. So when I am the center of my world, when I am king and I am Lord, it's all about me. It's that great Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. And unfortunately for many, for way too many, it leads to destruction. And unfortunately leads to a world that today is full of hopelessness. That people are committing suicide at an exponential rate because they have lost hope and humanity. They have given themselves to sex, drugs, and rock and roll because it numbs the mind and covers the pain in which they cannot escape. But Jesus offers us hope. There is a way to be found, and it is not easy. The Christian life is not a blissful road paved with gold and flowers and well lit, but it is a dangerous road in which we must walk by the light of the Lord. This passage tells me that Christ is King and that my Heavenly Father is good and that He has something for me. It may not be that shiny house or that fancy car, but I promise you that God is looking out for your needs, that he will meet you where you are. If you need a job, God will answer your prayers. If you're looking for stability in your home, God will meet you where you are. If you are hopeless, God will be your hope. This passage tells me that human nature is genuinely selfish. Well, I, I would agree that even as unregenerate as not being born again or being evil because of sin, we are able to do good. This is not necessarily the splitting of hairs that, oh, well, all, the, all wicked people can never do good. No, but it is that by faith we are able to do what is right. And again, James writes in chapter 2, Verse 14 says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, 
And one of you says to him, Go in peace, be warm and filled without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But if someone will say, You have faith and I have works, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. And and I think that right now is there are people who can do good works but have no faith. But if you say you have faith, if you have saving faith in Jesus Christ, show me your works. Show me how you are doing something for the kingdom. As we enter into this Christmas season, I compel you to give, to serve, to volunteer, to adopt a family. There are many people in our community who are in need, and you could be that answer for them. Whether it's bringing some food items on the weekends or bringing some clothes or even donating money if you cannot donate your time. But find a way to give and to do good works. For this is the why that we live. What does this passage reveal about me? (laughs) I need Jesus more than ever. Every single day. I can't do it without him. Whether it's presenting this message here or caring for people in my office, I rely heavily on that passage that comes from James that if I ask with faith, God will give generously the wisdom I need. And that is my prayer for each of you, that you will find that wisdom and the discernment to serve the people around you. That you will learn to find the narrow way the hard way, and you'll be able to walk it without failing so that, as this passage reveals to me, that I have an obligation, a duty as a servant of the king to do good to others. And as we enter this holiday season, it bears repeating that it's on us. We, the church, have a responsibility to do good in our community. This world has had enough of Christians who say one thing and do another. We need to be honest with ourselves. This isn't about being perfect or getting it all right, but it's working hard for a common good and a better purpose. So as we close out this evening together, Lord, I'm thankful that you're here. I miss you deeply. I I wish I could see you and give you hugs and kisses like I normally do, but I'm thankful that you could be watching this here. So let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We are thankful that you will give us what we ask for when we ask in your name. Lord, that we will be earnest in seeking after you for all of our days, in every situation, in every moment. Lord, that we will not be overcome by the thoughts of this world or its desires, but we will be walking in the radiant light of Jesus Christ. And Lord, that you are standing at the door of our hearts and you are knocking this night. Lord, let us open the door to you and invite you in so that you will dwell with me. Lord, for those in this room who are hurting and broken and might be without hope, 
Lord, I pray that you are their comfort and their peace. Lord, for many of us, we may have been mistreated by a father. Maybe we did have that father who gave us the stone instead of bread or a serpent instead of a fish, who mistreated us and lied to us, maybe even abandoned us. And there's no way we can look to you as a father and believe that you are good. So right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, I just pray that you pour out your love upon your children, that they will know you as a good, good father. Lord, that they will ask in your name and you will respond. Father God, ultimately, I just pray that you lead us in the way, in the truth, in the life, that we will follow after you daily, committing our minds, bodies, and spirits to your kingdom. Thank you in this holiday season where we're celebrating Thanksgiving and Christmas, Lord, that it's hard for some, and we pray for that comfort and peace. Lord, help us be that solution to others. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much.